From the movie house to your widescreen at home, Radio 111's going to the cinema and the streaming services on Flicks and Picks with Brian Mendoza. So grab your popcorn and beverage of choice and step into our screening room for our weekly forum on film. Now, here's Brian. At the end of the day, or specifically at the end of the year, 2021, we did manage to get a billion dollar picture called Spider-Man No Way Home. So I wanted to talk really briefly about the highest grossing movies of 2021, specifically the highest grossing films internationally. I know that domestic box office really does matter, but I wanted to I wanted to talk more specifically about the overall highest grossing films of the year internationally. And so I wanted to start off with saying that the number 10 and number 9 spot, Eternals and Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, Eternals being number 10 and Shang-Chi being number 9, still show that the Marvel Cinematic Universe can still have highest grossing movies during the pandemic. I think that the reality is that the pandemic has really made it difficult for independent, smaller pictures or more riskier movies to not make money. It, it, it makes it more difficult for them to make money and it makes it easier for them to fail at the box office. So unfortunately, in general, the pandemic is a big factor. With Eternals and Shang-Chi not making a billion dollars, I think that Shang-Chi could have made a billion dollars pretty easily. Certainly not Eternals and Black Widow, unfortunately, I don't think would have been a billion dollar picture. Eternals, in my opinion, would have been close to one, but I don't think it would have been a billion dollars. At least because I feel like the film itself just wasn't that compelling. And then at number eight, it's Godzilla vs. Kong, which again shows that the HBO Max experiment only really succeeded for one movie, which is Godzilla vs. Kong. Just I think it's because nobody was expecting that film to really be a driver for the streaming service and because a lot of Godzilla fans wanted to go to the theaters and a lot of people wanted to see it in an international sense. Like the fact is that it is an international brand. Godzilla is popular in Japan and because obviously it started there, obviously. But the fact is that Godzilla is a multinational franchise that franchises like The Matrix and Mortal Kombat and Space Jam are a little bit more American focused. So they will have some success at home but they will not have success internationally versus Godzilla versus Kong, which started off as an international brand in Japan because, you know, obviously we didn't start Godzilla, but it stayed there. And so because of that, it manages to be the only HBO Max film on this list, which is a shame because, you know, I would think maybe Dune would have been this film, but Dune came out at the wrong time. And I also think the competition for Dune was just terrible during October it, it makes it difficult when you have a lot of competition especially from Marvel but I also think it's difficult when your film is offered for free on a streaming service so that's what I did I mostly stream these movies I'm not gonna lie to you I am not gonna go to the theater all the time because again it's a drive so I like to see certain movies at home and I didn't see um, Godzilla vs Kong 
stream on the streaming service because you know I, I had heard that it was fun in theaters and same with Dune and the Matrix Resurrections I try to see if I can beat people to that one like say hey it's a great theatrical experience but it didn't turn out to be so well but I'm not surprised by Godzilla vs. Kong being the only HBO Max on this list uh, Venom Let There Be Carnage by Sony it didn't re reach a billion dollars but it reached halfway through that I'm not surprised because the franchise itself is pretty interesting and is pretty exciting. I do think it's a franchise that I don't think it's that good. And I think this movie wasn't very strong, but it had a lot of press, especially considering that Spider-Man No Way Home was the next film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And again, spoilers for this film, Venom had a Spider-Man uh, after after credit scene so i think that helped a lot i think it helped a lot in building the building up the press and also because it's a fun movie so maybe some people felt like i wanted to see a fun movie in theaters and it makes sense on that front uh detective chinatown 3 is number six along with like number four uh not number four but number three high mom and number two the battle at lake changing these three films which are the number six, number uh, three, and number two spot. They are Chinese films that were very popular in China, and they mostly just stayed over there because the Chinese market this year was very limited towards what films they get. And the fact is that in China, they do have a very big, inter big domestic box office. That's why it matters a lot that films are released in China. So it makes sense for these three films to have made enough money to be much higher grossing than a lot of American films that reach different countries. And also the Chinese films, they do go to other countries, like they do have some like popularity in other Asian countries, but more specifically, China is a big enough country that it can release its entire, its entire um, filmography there and make plenty of money. Especially considering that the films themselves are highly recommended by the Department of the Arts over in China, or like what their equivalent would be over there. Like, um, the government over there is very like selective about films, so it makes sense that those films that are shown there are highly publicized and highly wanted there i did see parts of hi mom it looks like a cute movie i haven't seen any of these movies i heard hi mom became popular because of word of mouth uh, as for international release i had heard that they were thinking about releasing it but unfortunately they haven't brought it to the united states which is kind of disappointing because i do actually want to see it considering that it's considered the third highest grossing non-english speaking film of all time which you know right now that spot's being taken over by the battle of lake Qingheng, which is the number two film for this year and then wolf warrior 2 so china certainly has shown that it has competitive films it's a shame that we we're in this like political struggle where we want to like release our movies there but then they don't want our movies and then they also but we don't do the same like i think it's a little disappointing that hi mom that we miss out on movies like that even though they do get good reviews like i hear this all the time why don't we get more like asian oriented films and i said well well we don't have films like hi mom coming here it's a shame because you know if it's popular in china i imagine it'd be popular here it, it looks like a movie that would be pretty relevant to to this 
uh, to the current like demand for more Asian actors, especially considering that Shang Chi was a film with an all Asian cast. Why, why wouldn't Hai Mom be a hit here? It especially became a hit in China. I imagine. I I think for the most part because it it'd be perceived as a smaller film. It might not be popular here, but I feel like there is an audience that wants to see it in the United States. And same with the Battle of Lake Chingqing, it does look like it would be a movie that'd be popular here. I do really want to see Hi Mom though. It actually does look like a fun movie. Uh, Detective Chinatown Three, I haven't seen it. I know it is a sequel in the Detective Chinatown series. Again, haven't seen it. But I w- I, again, it's more about opportunity. I would like to see these Chinese films because, you know, they are making money in China, so they are popular. Uh, F9 was the number five spot. I'm not surprised by this film being on this list. It is a franchise that, pe- that has international appeal again. Same with, like, No Time to Die. These two films are in international franchises. Fast and the Furious is popular. I go to Mexico and they put those movies out and they're beloved there. Uh, James Bond is especially big in Europe. Go over, over to Europe and they love it. So I'm not surprised by these being the films that broke through and got closer to a billion dollars when it comes to American films. But I'm not surprised they didn't make it. But Spider-Man No Way Home is pretty close to a billion dollars. Right now it's at one million seven, um, seven, four, uh, one billion, I mean, one billion seven, uh, <clears throat> seven four four a million three hundred and eighty two uh oh it's like really specific like three eighty two to one five it's a lot <laughs> it's a bit it's almost there it's in the seven hundred millions of the billion dollars it's oh lord it's a lot it's a it's a number you know i'm one of those people that like i i'm always i always get stumbled on numbers so please forgive me there um the fact is that it is getting there it is getting to a billion dollars, but is it going to get there? I I remember when the film came out, there was even doubt about it even making a billion dollars. But the fact that it's even close to two billion is a testament to the film as a in terms of quality. It is a great movie. I will put out my best films list of 2021 pretty soon. I usually put them out when the Oscars come out because I, I like to sort of check out like, hey, you know, I didn't see this film. It got nominated. Let me check it out. Usually they don't get put on my list because sometimes the Academy, you know, likes to add movies that I'm like, okay, you know, that wasn't great. But sometimes when a film gets nominated, they get to be released in a local theater. So I get to see it there. But Spider-Man No Way Home is going to be on that list. And it will be pretty high. I thought it was a great film. It really speaks to you. It was the most fun I had in a movie theater in a long time. And the audience really connected with this film. I think people really connected to the story of Peter and the variants of Peter. And they wanted to see something that was not only familiar, but also like really spoke to them. Like The audience for the Spider-Man film was really looking for something that made them feel like the world could be a better place or at least is that, that they're not the only people making difficult decisions. And in the case of Spider-Man, it is a franchise about making difficult decisions. And I think that people wanted to see that. And that's why it was such a success. People wanted to see a franchise that they can relate to, but also something that wasn't just comfort food, but it was smart too. It was an intelligently well-made movie. It was a movie that actually built up a lot of like steam and also 
it built up stuff and then paid off really well. It paid off a lot of things well over the course of like 20 years of Spider-Man uh, cinema. Like the fact that it was able to pay off fans of the original Spider-Man films and then fans of the amazing Spider-Man in particular, those fans got a lot of like love because those fans really wanted a third good movie from that from Andrew Garfield but unfortunately they didn't get that so in this case the fact that Spider-Man No Way Home managed to succeed beyond expectations shows that there's still hope for cinema to make a billion dollars that movies can still be profitable but unfortunately it also creates this dilemma of Will the smaller films be able to be released in theaters? Because I do want to see if a movie like Hi Mom or something like that could actually be a billion dollar picture one day. I would love to see movies like dramatic pictures actually get a lot of money at the box office, not just blockbusters. But Spider-Man No Way Home is a very exceptionally made blockbuster, so it does deserve that money. So let's hope that and let's hope that the exceptional blockbusters get the big money because Eternals is not exceptional. It is not an exceptional movie. I've said this, that even though I respect the fact that it tries really hard to be inclusive and diverse, I think that's really wonderful. And it hurts me to say that it's not a good movie because then the people who are against that then have something to say. And I don't want to give those people credit because those people are awful, right? Um, I think movies like Eternals don't uh, made enough money because of course like it didn't have the disney uh premiere access to hinder it but i think that it shows that like audiences want really an exceptional movie that they really want a movie that took risks but also was fun and spider-man no way home did that so i didn't get to review it but i want to do like a when it when it gets to PVOD, I do want to talk about it in hindsight. But for now, I wanted to say that like Spider-Man No Way Home makes sense as a billion dollar picture because it was accessible and lovable. And it was a really fun movie. And I really do think that people really do want to see that at the cinema, considering that we're still in the clutches of the Omicron variant. And I think that people really want to see something like that. And you know what? Spider-Man No Way Home really was deserving of it. I was not surprised. I didn't doubt it. I actually thought that it would make a billion dollars. I was being hopeful and I'm glad that that hope paid off. And ultimately, you know, feel free to send me an email. Let's share some thoughts. Do you think Spider-Man No Way Home should have deserved, should have gotten that billion dollars? Would you like to see Hi Mom in movies like that? Check out the trailers for those movies because those movies actually, the Chinese movies I got on this list, check out the trailers like they actually look good like i'm not surprised that they made a lot of movies in mainland china so i'm not surprised that they made a lot of money there but hey it was fun talking about the highest grossing films of 2021 stay tuned for more episodes on a regular basis